You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father. Hey, my name is Sean Tice, and excited to have you back on the Let's Talk About Fatherlessness show. Today, I have a special guest named TJ Greeny. He's with Cause Kids Outdoor Zone. TJ, will you tell us more about yourself? Man, so excited to be here, Sean. Thanks for having us. Uh, yep, uh, from Austin, Texas. Just recently moved out of the big city, about 45 minutes into the country. Moved out, uh, got all the kids out of the house. And when the last one pulled off down the street and turned the corner, we packed everything, got out of there as quick as we could. Moved out to a, a little 10-acre farm in the country and uh, moved our ministry office over to Main Street in Smithville, Texas, ho- home of the movie Hope Floats. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, 45 minutes from the airport so I can get around if I got to go visit folks and uh, just loving it. Um, born and raised in Texas and, um, yeah, just living living life large out here in small town America, thinking about That's buying a cow. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, 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 we have a friendship. We've known each other for several years now and yeah. just, I love you guys' ministry and I love what you do. And I really love um, how you tie in fodlessness into your, your slogans and everything. Can you tell us more about kids outdoor zone and how fodlessness is associated with that? So I, um, when I was 13, my father chose a bottle of, uh, of Bacardi rum over his family. And my mom took my little brothers and sisters and moved from Houston, Texas to a small town in Illinois. And I refused to go. So I woke up one last day in the rented house that we were in and then moved out onto the streets and spent, spent the rest of my, a big chunk of my years on the streets as a kid. Um, and so in my early years growing up, uh, I knew what fatherless was. I knew the hurts and the wounds. And, uh, as I finally walked into my relationship with Christ, I realized that, um, that he was telling me that, Hey, you have these, these hurts that I'm going to use as gifts. And, um, and so that just kind of formed itself over the years. And then I started realizing that a lot of the time I was spending and a lot of the things that I was doing in my church and in my neighborhood was with boys um, who didn't have dads, just inviting them down to uh, to go with my son and I fishing or um, even just digging post holes in the yard. The boys would just gravitate down there and just hang out with us. Um, just and And I didn't realize what it was until God revealed that it was just the the fatherless boy's hearts longing to be with a man. So um, started doing some stuff with some guys at my church, started regularly. We just said, you know, hey, there's a need. Um, This would be fun. What if we just got a bunch of boys together, um, primarily fatherless boys, but some fathers and sons, if we got them together and just one Saturday morning a month, let's not overwhelm ourselves. Let's just do one Saturday morning a month and let's just teach them stuff. Let's teach them how to, you know, um, shoot bows, how to use a pocket knife, how to change a tire, um, how to shoot guns. Um, and then we included, because we were all outdoorsmen, we included uh, 
outdoor hunting and fishing and all kinds of skills and inviting them to do those things. And, uh, and we started doing it regularly and, and, uh, and then buddies and churches around us started asking if they could do what we were doing at their church. And, uh, so God prompted me to just really write down what we were doing and uh, share it with them. So we shared it with them and they had the same success that five, six, 10, 15 guys at the church rallying some boys one Saturday morning a month and, and just really having an opportunity to speak into their lives. And, uh, and, we, and it just grew from there. We just created a, a, a video training and curriculum and, uh, and it's just a it's just a tool for men to use uh, in the church to rescue the boys in their community. And uh, what boy doesn't long for an adventure? What boy doesn't long for something um, exciting? You know, they they hold in the palm of their hand seventy hours a week, just the craziest stuff. And uh, and we have to be able to offer them something that gets their attention. And I have rarely met a, a boy who I asked to go uh, fishing that didn't say, yes, 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 I want to go. And uh, and it's around those ponds. It's in the it's in the truck on the way to the pond that you really get to speak into their life. You know, how are you doing? How's your how's your mom doing? How's school? Um, anyway, that's what it is. And we we kind of created this scalable model and over the last 10 years it's grown into 28 states and canada and we have a thousand boys a month now that are being mentored by good men in churches across the country and um and god just said keep giving it away keep giving it away and so it's we just keep we just keep making it available to any guy in any church that wants it and uh we're we're the beneficiaries in a lot in a, in a big way because we get to hear hear the stories. You know, the guys call us and tell us the stories, or we'll get an email or a card from a mom, just say thank you for loving my boy, and it's beautiful. We love it. That's awesome. I love that, and I, that's what I love about your ministry. Um, I, I growing up fatherless myself, I had people that did that with me. Took me took me to do all kinds of different things, and I'm so thankful for that. But so many boys and girls don't get to have those opportunities. They get to go with a fatherly influence. And, and I just appreciate what you guys do with, with helping uh, these boys out and just taking them out and showing the manhood. I had, I, I had to had a guy take me um, shooting skeet. I think I showed this, showed the story before on here, but he took me shooting skeet when I was, I think 15 years old and I was terrible at it. But that experience of getting to hold the gun, then I ended up getting really good. I was, I was hitting like 24 out of 25 um, out of a box of, of shells and it was, it was amazing good. yeah it was great <laughs> but it was it was because my mentor and and that was it was i've never would have done that if it wasn't for somebody some man taking me out and spending time with me like that and that gave me confidence in other things that i could do so um share some yeah, some, some stories some story actually go back go back to your story anything else you want to share about um your is your story of fodlessness i know you've written books about it um but anything else you want to share how that um, how that shaped you and even made you in, into the person you are today. Well, you know, I living on the streets, making poor choices. Um, I was just a hurt little boy. And some of the things that I learned was to just store all that stuff inside. You know, I didn't have a mom to take it out on. 
I didn't have a mom to blame. I didn't have anybody there. And I, I know, God bless you, single moms that, that might be listening to this. God bless you for um, taking the heat. One of the things in my new book that I wrote was um, every, but every boy is good at heart. Every boy is good inside. Yeah. And it's, there's just so much stuff that they don't know how to navigate if they haven't been taught. And, and it can come, there can be a dad in the house that's not teaching a boy what he needs to know. And no, no dig on dads out there. It's just, I mean, I, I had struggled trying to understand how to raise my boy. Um, Cause I didn't have a dad who t- taught me. And uh, so growing up, just all those things that I was so angry about, so mad about were what God used and, and to create the ministry and to give me a passion for what I do today. And I would encourage the moms that, I know sometimes it seems like they're spinning off and like they'll never come back. And, oh, my gosh, you're on your knees in the closet praying every day. You know, I just want him to come home. I want him to quit hanging out with those guys. And I can tell you there was a there was a time where I went to visit my mom in Illinois and uh, my little brothers and sisters and my mom. And I wasn't there very long before I started getting in really serious trouble and Mm -hmm. Uh, everybody was looking for me. The law was looking for me. It was bad, bad, bad news. And, uh, and I disappeared for a couple of days and I came back and I ran down. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning on a, on a weekday. And I came back to the house, my grandmother's house where she was and ran down in the basement, got my clothes and got an old shotgun that my dad had given me years before. And came running up out of the basement and out the back door. And my mom was standing by the back door. And she said, I knew at that minute that all I could do was pray for you. And um, and I ended up selling the shotgun and getting money and hopping a train and doing all this crazy stuff. But the, the point in that was that I think a mother's prayers when when you just don't know what else to do, moms, just pray for your boys because it's the only thing besides God having a mission for me, which he has a mission for every boy out there. Um, mom's prayers, man, he, he heard them and he protected me. And a lot of times when it, you know, could have gone really bad. Um, the other question that we get a lot of, questions that we get um what about girls how come you guys you know girls need father figures girls need men well um we were called to do boys so um, i don't know how you place a, a father figure in the life of a girl um the way that we do it and uh so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna help raise up the next generation of young men who are going to be there for the girls, the daughters, the granddaughters. Um, anyway, I always like to say that because there's all, that's the number one question we get. What do we do for the girls? And, uh, and, and really uh, what we are is we're a men's ministry and well, what father? No, we're a men's ministry, but we give the men in the church a mission field. Because men are desperately looking for something. They do great at parking cars at church and passing the basket and doing all the 
the things that we need to do. You know, they do a cleanup day, a, a paint the building day, um, but they don't meet the Holy Spirit in that on that day. If they do, it's rare that you're passing the basket or setting up the chairs and the Holy Spirit comes on you. But I can tell you that when when men are given a task or given a mission like KOZ and they're sitting with the little boy on the side of a pond and he looks at him and says, why, why did my dad leave? Or why won't my dad call me? Um, or any of those you know, a thousand questions that moms know when dad's not around. Um, the guy will meet God in a way that he doesn't meet anywhere else. And it speaks to a man's heart. It speaks to the things that he had growing up. And, uh, and it, you know, you and I, you and I can feel that when we're sitting with somebody, when a mom or a boy asks us that stuff, we can feel it because we lived in it. Yeah. And every guy's got that somewhere. Everybody, every man has that in them somewhere. And, uh, but anyway, I, you know, God used the hardest stuff in my life for his glory. And I think a lot of it was because mom prayed and, and, uh, and God had a plan and don't ever give up on that. Don't ever give up on that. I love how you spoke to that. Um, I remember there was a time when I was a teenager and I was just struggling. You know what I mean? I just, I, and before that, I, I felt like God wanted me to be a, a pastor and I would surrender to you know, full-time ministry because I had a youth pastor that poured into me and different people. But I, you know, then I started running from God and I just didn't want to. Um, and I think it was right before my senior year of high school. My mom was like, I came home the one night real late and she had no idea where I had been. And she said, where's my preacher boy? You know what I mean? Like, that's what, and there's words from a mother, you know, like, where's my uh, preacher boy? And I kind of just was like, stop. I don't want to hear about that right now. Yeah, I want, I'm focused on what I'm focused on, but I, I love what you said. Just don't give up. Um, don't give up. Keep praying. Uh, because if you have a wayward child right now, if you have son, a son that looks like it's, it's impossible, just trust God with it. I mean, the story of the prodigal son, you know, where he went and he had to, sometimes you have to learn, you know, they go and they, and finally, when he's with the pig slop, and that's what he was trying to going to eat, it was the pig slop. He, he's like, this is terrible. I want to go be one of my father's servants. You know, sometimes it takes that. But just keep praying. Don't give up with your kids. Do your best. And get them involved in programs like Cause, you know, at a young age where they can get that development and have that help where they're around Christian men and Christian people. Uh, that's going to that's gonna be invaluable. I know that was for me. I had Christian people that poured into my life. Now, what was... What was the turning point for you? Like, where? How did you finally? How how old were you when you finally just shifted? Like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do right, and I'm gonna live for God. Well, I met God, so I was raised in a in a Catholic home the, when I was young, and so I really and no dig on Catholics. I just never knew God the way I know Him today. I was never, you know, He was. Uh, I, I was just praying. Uh, in 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 church that maybe i would make purgatory if i was lucky maybe i'd get halfway to heaven and um and but i i didn't understand and then when i was on the streets there was a i was uh, wandering the streets and i met a guy a young guy and uh, his family, his parents found out I was living on the streets and they invited me to stay in a room in their house. They had an empty room and they invited me to live there, stay there. 
And it was a horrible, a horrible decision on their part because I was a horrible influence on their son. Um, but they invited me to stay in this room with the only one requirement was that I went to church with them on Sunday. And I thought, no brainer, one hour a week. Uh, yeah. I know what church is. You go in, you sit down, you kneel, you get up, uh, you come home and, uh, and it would give me a food. It would give me bed. It would give me a place to wash my clothes. Uh, so I was all in on on the, the deal. Um, but they took me to their church and it was something like I'd never experienced before. It's a small church in Houston called Almeda Bible Church. I don't even know if it's there or or whatever, but it was a very small church. Um, and those people, that pastor talked different and those people talked about Jesus and they had Bibles in their hands and they were ref referenced their Bibles. And it was mm -hmm. like, I, uh, it was this personal thing with them and I'd never experienced it in my heart. I longed for that. Every boy longs for that, uh, relationship with the heavenly father they don't know that but there's a longing there and a guy there at the church probably in his late to mid 20s mid to late 20s uh just kind of honed in on me and so sundays he would pull me to the side he'd talk to me he even had me uh do a little bible study on sundays while some you know other things were going on i guess and uh, and I prayed to ask Jesus in my heart and was baptized at that little church. Amen. And um, but it was a couple of weeks later that I slid back out and went back out onto the streets and left that the comforts of that room at that house and went back to doing what I kind of what I knew. And uh, but I can tell you at that moment. God changed something inside of me. That's good. And. And I couldn't keep doing what I was doing because it felt different. And eventually I uh, sobered up, um, found a 12 step meeting and started getting my life together. And uh, and then when I got married, my wife was going to church and she said, we I want to raise our kids in the church. And I said, OK, and started going to church. And man. I went to a church where I felt loved, where I felt like I was seen, that people cared for me. And it was killer because all I ever wanted was a family. Yeah. And I found this beautiful family in this little church that we started going to. And, uh, and then, you know, God started using me for start doing the KOZ thing. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I how I ended up there. And uh but I, I knew all along there was something missing. You know, a little boy, all he longs for, he just longs for family. He longs for his father. He longs for all the same things that any yeah. any boy does. Any of us, I would venture to say, we all long for safety and comfort and love and, you know, a pat on the back every once in a while. Yeah. If you just, if you were, so take, just act like you're talking to a fatherless child right now. So say it's one of your campers or something, and this is their first time experiencing or hearing about God as a heavenly father. They're growing up fatherless. What would you say to them? Just off the cuff. Just what would you say? 
Wow. If you had, That's if, a good you had five, if, you, if you had a couple minutes with them, like hey, this is a chance to talk. And I would say you are going to love Jesus, whether you like it or not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times uh, they feel like that. And I would just say, hey, buddy, um, I'm glad you're here. I'm really glad to meet you. And I just want you to know that here at KOZ, at at KOZ, that you matter, that whatever's going on in your life, any of the hard stuff that's going on, that's not, that doesn't define you. Um, God defines who you are. And here with us, you're one of us. You're a KOZ guy. And, uh, and we love you and we care about you and we're glad you're here. And uh, giving them that place of community and and just know, a place to belong, yeah, yeah, and so they feel like and and you know and and earning the authority to speak into a kid's life. The, one of the reasons why KLZ works is because we do it every Saturday morning, rain, hail, sleet, or snow, one Saturday a month. So second Saturday of every month, he knows he's going to go to KLZ, and he probably, if he got caught up in it. Even at the slightest, he's asking mom, is it second Saturday? Is it KOZ? And you earn the authority to speak into a boy's life over a period of time. You know, so many, so many churches, so many groups do these one and dones, you know, and then they just kick the boys out. Or even worse, they do a father-son camping trip. Yep. <laughs> Nothing gets me. I was talking to a giant uh-huh. I was talking to a giant church the other day. Uh, about going and participating and and the guy said well i'm i'm working on the daddy daughter dance and i said oh okay so what do you do what do you guys do for the uh little girls that half the little girls out there that are hearing hearing about that that don't have a dad what do you and he and he said wait what yeah said, man so and that's what anyway. this is about that's what this show's about just bringing these things to light because culturally it, it, not, yeah cult- yeah our yeah. churches just so many of our churches don't get it culturally and they try and, you know, especially the big churches. I love my big churches. Hey, I'm I'm not digging on any church, man. I, I watch a lot of churches. I know a lot of pastors. I go and speak. I'm just honored. Um, but the one and dones, you know, you you show a kid that you put your arm around him, and say, Hey, you matter, and the next week or the next month or the next the, there's no more. You know, all you offer him is a class that he can come and sit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of boys on the other side of the fence in that trailer park down the street that they don't even know what's going on in your church. Yeah. And we appreciate it. We appreciate the one and done. And, and it's a good start to absolutely to get people to come. And, and even if you reward it like a, um, I don't even know how you reward a daddy daughter dance, but <laughs> no, you, you, you reward things better, you know, where it's a men's men's camp out, uh, men men and boys camp out, where it's inclusive of of all these fatherless kids because there's fatherless kids everywhere. But it's just you know we appreciate those things, and even like when I you know I, we traveled and spoke you know in our firm ministry for a couple of years, and one of the things that uh, some of the churches would tell us was they had a well you know we we do a uh, annual oil change for single moms, and I. And I think that's great. That's awesome. But what about the rest of the year? What about when their, their oil needs changed again? What about the other ways you can minister to that family? And 
you know, it's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. I really appreciate okay. it. But what else can you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, and we, we had, I had a, I had a guy from, uh, from a parks and wildlife department. Uh, actually it was Texas parks and wildlife. And I said, man, all these one and dones y'all do, you know, take a fish tank over into East, East side of town and let the kids fish for a day. And, and then you take it away. I mean, really, is that really effective in creating new fishermen, yeah. uh, fisher boys and girls? And, uh, and he said, you know what, it's the best that we can do. And our hope is that it just places a small marker in there. So if they have the opportunity, they had a good experience. So that, although you and I will rant on that one and done, you're right. You're absolutely right. The gift of an ex a positive experience is good. It's good. Yeah. And a lot of times and when you experience that, I remember being a kid, you get to go, you know, I remember this one Sunday school teacher would take us to a Penn State game once a year, a couple of years in a row. That was awesome. And those one and times were were amazing. It was just like, yes, this is sweet. But then I also had that ongoing relationship because he was That's my Sunday right. school, he was my Sunday school teacher. So I saw him every Sunday. Okay. And so putting those events, you know, one and done events like that are great, but that continual relationship is really what matters in their life. You know, James 127 says to visit the fatherless and what is in their affliction. You know. To visit there is talking about to look upon in order to help or to benefit. It's not a one-time thing. It's helping benefit their life on a regular basis. And that's what Cause is doing. That's what you know ministries like yours are, are doing. They're helping continually invest in their life. Um, and I, I, just, I really appreciate that because that's, that's so valuable to their life. Now, what would you tell to a church? How, how do you get started? How do you get started in, um, in, in starting a ministry like yours? Well, um, it's really, really simple. I'm a pretty simple-minded guy. Um, and one of the beauties about our program is it's really simple. Um, and we we would give, I would encourage any mom or any woman that's listening to this, as well as any guy that's listening to this, um, take it back to your church. So the way you do it is you go online you go to kidsoutdoorzone.com, you click on start a group, you watch some of the videos, there's some little two, three minute videos on there, you watch some of the stuff, um, and then it only requires a, a couple of guys, two, three, four, five, maybe, I don't know, my little church had like 12 guys, wow. uh, and I have a small church, but they were looking for something, and, uh, and, they, and then you jump online, we have, uh, the training looks like it's a Friday and a Friday night and a Saturday. So Friday night, the wives of all the men that are going to volunteer come to a dinner and they watch a video. Uh, and because we know that men will not be successful in ministry, married men will not be successful in ministry if their wives don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. And the, the wives, you know, you can't you can't schedule a visit to the mother-in-law on the Saturday that you're supposed to be with the boys because the boys are waiting for your husband to show up. And so they need to understand the depth of it. And they do after a Friday night, the men are required to fix a nice dinner or order in or something. The ladies don't have anything, any part of it. That's the guys take care of it for them. And then Saturday, the guys get back together and they watch a series of videos and go through a workbook and it teaches them, you know, why you're doing this, what the problem is in, the, in our world today, 
how to recruit boys, how to use the curriculum, tells them everything they need to know. And then they just pick a Saturday to start and they just start. Yeah. Um, and, and this is not a job for the pastor. It's not a job for the men's ministry pastor or the youth pastor. And so often people say, oh, I'll take it to our youth pastor. Now, he doesn't need something else. He doesn't need you to take him something else. He's trying to deal with everything he's got. This is for a group of men in the church that are looking for something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it it doesn't work as an assignment. It has mentoring. Healthy mentoring comes from the heart, right? You yeah, know, it's something that you yeah. just are driven to. You're drawn to it. You just, man, you just, I know I'm supposed to do something. And once you, and so they just pick their Saturday and we have curriculum every month. It's a different topic. We have brand new, fresh curriculum every month. It's not a re, re, redone topic, um, but it does have structure. The boys show up and they have a prayer. They have a pledge of, you know, pledge over their country. Um, then they, you know, start the activity, but everything has an activity and then it has a scripture and a conversation at the end of the day. Uh, and then they eat lunch and then they, they might give the boys a dog tag or some other reward for, for doing certain things. Um, That's cool. It's a really simple program. We give them everything they need and it just requires a couple of men in the church to step up and say, I will, I will. We have a few minutes left and, you know, we talked about churches and, and, and we are so thankful and you are so thankful for churches that are interested in this and, and want to get involved. And I know that sometimes there's hesitations to get started in fatherless ministry because it is messy. It can be a messy thing. Um, what do you say to the church? And we've had many churches tell us this where they say, well, we only have a few families like that, or we only, we don't have any families like that in our church. What would you say to um, a, a church that's looking at starting cause or looking at starting fatherless ministry and they don't feel like they have enough families like that? How do you find families? What, what's your process on that? Well, if all you want to do is preach to the people who sit in the pews, then you're going to get exactly what you got. Yeah. I'm. Uh, our challenge is I, I don't want you just to get the fathers and sons sitting in the pews to go do a father-son morning every once a month and just have fun. I want you to yeah. go to that trailer park down the street. I want you to go to the to the city Thanksgiving Day Festival and put up a booth and and put a sign on there that says Outdoor Adventure Program for Boys mm-hmm. and start inviting some boys to your KOZ group. Because you know what happens? I'll tell you, in my little church, my little church, Calvary Baptist Church in Smithville, Texas, we probably got, I mean, on a good day, we got 200 and some kids, maybe 300. We're, we're, our church is growing a little bit. Uh, but we had a little boy. I, I went to a garage sale in a neighborhood around the corner, just a little small podunk neighborhood. And uh, I was running through there. It's actually part of my little r- routine. And and I saw a garage sale sign. So I went over to the garage sale and it was just a, kind of a, a lady, probably in her 50s. And she just had a bunch of stuff out there just trying to make a nickel, man, just trying to rub, you know, just. And uh, we started talking and I saw some boy stuff and I said, so you got a, you got a grandson here? And she goes, yeah, his mom and dad won't take him. And so I'm, I'm in charge of him now. I said, how old is he? He said, eight. So where is he? 
So little Leo came bounding out and uh, I said, man, I'm going to, I'm going to bring you some stuff for him. And uh, my wife went back and took her some KOZ information. And so that little boy started coming to our KOZ wow. group at our church. I mean, oh, she's desperately looking for places for her boy to connect men yeah. to mentor. Him. And uh, so he came for months, for months, like, last six months he's been coming well guess what last sunday nana showed up at church she didn't go to church she's wow. never gone to church yes i love it and she is she is not from that group and uh, she showed up two sundays in a row and uh praying that she keeps showing up saw her this yeah. week and she loved loved it and uh so how are you going to get those people in your church if you don't invite them in? One way to do that is to invite a boy to go one Saturday morning a month and then have something, which what you and I are talking about, have something for that mom. Yeah. Offer her something. So we'll we'll take the little boy, we'll get him, and then give the mom some tools to use. And uh, let's go out there. I mean, how many times does Jesus tell us to go rescue the widows and the fatherless over and over and over. If that is not part of your mission field at your church, what are you doing? Now, I don't want to dig on any particular church, but you know, I'm passionate about it because I see what happens. Even at my little church, even at my little church, they're everywhere. Culturally, culturally. If we're going to deal with what's going on in culturally in our world, we need to um, we need to go after the fatherless. That's so true. And we're out of time, TJ. I really appreciate having you on. And so thank you for, for taking the time to do this today. To learn more about how you can get involved in fatherless family ministry, visit lifefactors.org where you can find some free resources. You can find our books that we have. You can find some, even the program that we have to help you start a single mom ministry within your ministry or within your church. We can all work together to lead fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.